Good evening. Good evening. Thank you, uh, Pastor Jeff. Uh, don't you love Pastor Jeff and the work that he's doing to love our community and leading our Lakeside campus? Thank you for all that you do. And uh, thank you for, uh, you guys are just a, a wonderful congregation. Thank you for loving our family, uh, my folks, uh, my mom, my dad, uh, over the, the past week. Uh, it has just been uh, uh, one of those weeks that uh, you'll always uh, remember in the loss of, uh, of uh, my uncle Tony and then, of course, uh, my grandmother. Uh, and then Aunt Iris, and uh, it has just been uh, just uh, just an incredible week. But to see you guys uh, step forth and to uh, send the, all of the cards, the texts, the social media posts, uh, and for showing up. Thank you so much. Uh, I know that uh, my father has just been running and running and running and running. Uh, I love my dad. I love my mom. I love the, the opportunity that I have to serve with them. I know that you guys love them as well. They're watching tonight. Uh, so can you guys put your hands together and let's just express our love. Love you guys. Know that you're resting. You need a lot of rest right now. Get that rest and be back on Sunday to bring just an incredible message uh, and, I, and I pray that you guys will be here. It is Father's Day uh, weekend coming up. Uh, it's great to, to be able to have the option to watch a church online and to watch it through social media platforms. But I got to tell you, there's nothing like being here in person. Amen. Especially on a Wednesday night, whenever Jamal and the team uh, were leading us tonight. We, we don't dial back here on Wednesday night. Aren't you grateful for the worship service and what they did tonight and leading us into the presence of God? It's exceptional. We are just blessed to have them in all that they do and the way that they serve the Lord. Uh, with all that we faced this past week uh, as a family, uh, our, our son Grant, uh, who serves in the United States Army, uh, was able to make his way home and uh, to be with us uh, for, I believe, almost a week, an entire week, and uh, flew out yesterday uh, yesterday morning early, and he, of course, brought uh, Judah. We love uh, our other daughter, Brittany. She was not able to make it, uh, but Grant and uh, Judah were here. And uh, how many grandparents do, do we have watching online or watching uh, here in person? Get your hands up. Come on, you're not ashamed of the grandkids. I mean, we love, love our grandkids, but I got to tell you, for the last week, uh, it has been a broken uh, record uh, in, in our house uh, with our grandson, uh, Judah, uh, over and over. It was Paul again, Paul again, Paul again, Nani again, Nani again, Dada again, Dada again. That child is nonstop. Nonstop. I mean, he is just always on the go, whether we were in the pool or whether we were in the house. And how many of you uh, as grandparents know that those are just words that uh, you appreciate to hear? But last night when we sat down on the couch, Kelly and I just looked at each other and said, it's silent once again. But we love, love our family, love that little guy, man. Just nonstop, always going, going. And it's time, as you can see, the title of the message tonight is just restoration. How many of you know that there are times uh, in your life that you just need restoration to be able to call a time out, uh, knowing that, man, we are just being pulled in uh, all kinds of directions. Um, when I think about restoration, uh, my Bible that I have here, um, Kelly Kelly gave this to me uh, as a Father's Day gift uh, almost uh, probably 30, 30 years ago. Uh, and this, this is my Bible. So I can tell you that if you uh, are still looking for uh, just that perfect gift, 
and you have yet to make that purchase for uh, the man of your home, uh, the man that leads your family, uh, maybe a Bible is something that you should invest in. And, and Kelly did that for me. And um, th- this is the Bible that uh, really I use for my devotions. Um, uh, this is the Bible that I use. This is my Bible. This is the Bible I use when I'm preparing uh, messages. Uh, this Bible uh, went into my uh, briefcase um, uh, when we uh, took a missions trip to Cuba. Uh, this uh, went uh, with me to uh, Mexico. It's been in uh, the back seat of my car. It's been in the front seat of my car. Uh, and I can tell you that for almost nearly uh, 30 years, um, uh, there, there are notes, there are thoughts, there are things that uh, I've received from the Lord that I have uh, jotted in the margins. Uh, th- this is my Bible. Well, probably a year uh, or more ago, maybe two years, uh, it, was, it was looking pretty worn. It was pretty uh, tattered, uh, kind of rough around the edges. And so I sent it off uh, to a, a restoration company and uh, pray, uh, paid, of course, the fee and uh, asked them to just put a nice uh, uh, genuine leather uh, cover uh, on the outside again and then uh, had them add some additional uh, little tassels, uh, bookmarkers here. And then uh, also to be able to continue to just take notes and when I'm studying God's Word to just add some additional pages in the back of the Bible. And so uh, I had it completely uh, restored. And so, and I will continue to use this uh, uh, Bible. This is, this is my Bible. And um, it kind of, kind of launches us into the thought for tonight, the message for tonight in, in restoration and knowing that uh, there are many of you that uh, are uh, sitting in the room tonight and watching online uh, that uh, the past few years, uh, maybe even uh, decades, has just really uh, worn you down. There, there, there are some in the room tonight that, uh, that you're just churning along in really an unsettled uh, marriage and you're not giving up yet. Um, there are some of you that are really uh, kind of just working very hard to say, God, I need uh, for our business to have kind of a turnaround. Uh, whether you're here or watching online, uh, I know that there are stresses, there, there are tensions that we all face uh, and there are moments that you're saying, man, okay, enough is enough. Uh, God, I, I've got to have some rest. I've got to be restored. I am just completely exhausted and, and drained. Uh, just this uh, past week, uh, one of the things that I uh, enjoy doing is I sit down with uh, new families that are, are uh, making their way to Victory Christian Academy and just a, a conversation with them to find out a little bit about them and share uh, some information about the church. And uh, one of the things that um, more times than not, uh, almost every time, uh, I kind of close up with a prayer and uh, just a you know, blessing for them and and, um, and, of course, say amen and, and look up and, and the parent that's sitting across from me uh, is, is just weeping, you know, uh, just weeping. And I could just sense the stress and, and the tension that is there in her life and just praying a blessing upon her. And I know that some are in the house tonight and you've walked into this room and you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders uh, I can tell you that in just a few moments, the altars are going to be uh, open. And how many of you are grateful that we have open altars here in the church to where uh, you'll be able to run to the presence of God? Uh, that that will happen in just a matter of, of moments. And as followers of Christ, that's indeed what we should do. Uh, that whenever we feel those moments of tension and that stress that's building, uh, regardless of what we're facing and what we're walking through, 
uh, our first response, our priority, our number one response should be to rush to the presence of God. To be able to say, where is that altar that needs to be made? And, and we know that that altar is right here in our church. But how many of you know that that altar can be for that person that's watching online right now? Watching from their office that's sitting in a chair that couldn't make it to church tonight. I can tell you that if you're watching online tonight, that in just a few moments, you'll be encouraged to turn around and kneel right there in your office and begin to get into the presence of God. To know that the person that we're going to look at tonight in the Old Testament in 1 Kings, in chapter 19, Elijah, to know that he, he's carrying the weight of the world, knowing that he's the, the mouthpiece of God. Imagine this, that everything that comes out of your mouth in the community that you're traveling to, that you're walking through, and that you're speaking correction to God's people, steering them back to God Almighty, to know that every word that leaves your mouth is being measured. And to feel that weight, to know, man, is it theologically sound? Is it practical? Is it, is, it, is it standing the test? If I say rain, it rains. If I say no rain, it doesn't rain. To know that ultimately if you're viewed or seen as a false prophet, to know that death is at hand, to feel that weight and to, to, have, to, to have no leeway, no margin that thus saith the Lord, that I'm speaking the words that God has given me. And, and here's Elijah that's carrying the weight to be able to speak and say, return, come back to God, repent, turn away. And Ahab is there. And, and, and you, guys can, you guys can read it for yourself, but the pinnacle moment where all of the prophets, 450 prophets, have come and they're on top of Mount Carmel. And there's that moment, that tension that's there, the drought uh, has, has been raining down in, in, in place for three years and now the moment comes, the, the pinnacle moment. And you guys know the story and, and indeed what happens, man, that the fire of God falls down and just engulfs and, and disintegrates everything, stone and, and wood. Everything is just taken, the water that was saturated, just, just gone. Surely, surely in this moment, Elijah's thinking, in this moment, the, 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 the weak king Ahab surely will return at this point. He's just seen the hand of God. We've just annihilated 450 prophets. Surely Jezebel will stop being Jezebel. The evil spirit will be broken and she'll turn to God. And you know the story that the opposite, that the opposite happened. They doubled down. They doubled down and Jezebel comes and she's on her way. Put the word out. Surely if, if what you did to my prophets doesn't happen to you by this time tomorrow, she gives the word and he's, he's now on his run flabbergasted, exhausted, cannot understand that the great move of God, the great, the great miracle that just happened, where he says, man, go and look again the seventh time. And he says, what? He says, there's a cloud the size of the palm of a what? Man's hand that's coming. And the black and all of this is transpiring. And Elijah can just, he's thinking, man, enough is enough. The people have turned, that they want nothing to do with God Almighty. And in this moment, when Elijah begins to make his retreat out of frustration and being exhausted and depleted and depressed, 
In chapter 19, verse Kings 19, verse 5, 7, says, Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of baked bread over hot coals, a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. How many of you believe that restoration, God's provision, is more than enough? Amen? That God's provision is more than enough. And in this moment, in this moment of weakness and despair in Elijah, that he wakes up, the angel wakes him up and he's fed. Knowing that it's not just one quick meal or one quick nap. And I'm, I'm all for, I don't know about you, I'm all for uh, fast food moments. But how many of you know that there comes a time that you've just got to sit down and dine? Amen. One of the things that I remember uh, greatly about my grandmother, uh, and I shared this uh, in her coronation service, is that uh, any time that you would make your way over to her house, uh, you would enter into the, the back door, uh, and as you should be able to do at your grandmother's house, and we walk in the back door, and uh, of course, she, she greets you. And uh, being from, uh, from uh, Adel, Georgia, uh, with her southern uh, drawl, y'all come on in, you know, kind of y'all come on in. And she was so excited to see us. And she would just make her way right over to the coffee pot and turn the coffee pot on. And there always seemed to be not only a coffee pot going on, but there was something that was sweet that was out on the counter. It could be a pie. It could be a cake. Uh, but then there were those moments that we would have those family gatherings. And some of you will uh, identify and understand what I'm talking about, uh, that the food just seemed to be to cover the entire tabletop. Uh, the food seemed to then overflow over to the uh, kitchen counter. Uh, and you just kind of made your way around and you just sat there and you ate and you ate and you ate, and then how many of you know what you do whenever you call a timeout and you break? They would break out the, the, the sheet, how many of you know that? The sheet, and just kind of lay it over the tabletop uh, a few hours, maybe an hour, uh, who knows, who's counting, uh, but maybe a few hours would pass, and at some point the sheet would come off and you would begin to dine again. Amen? How many of you love those kinds of days? Man, we didn't, we didn't rush off when we were at grandmother's house, whenever the collard greens were there, the black-eyed peas were there, the cornbread, the salt bacon, the roast, whatever else was on the table, it was time to eat. And in this moment, in this moment, uh, Elijah has, has come to a place when we talk about God's, God's provision is enough, that God knew that, hey, he needed to rest and that he needed physical nourishment but then he also needed to rest again and that there was another time, there was another dinner bell that would ring and say, listen, the journey is too great for you. I'm going to feed you again. Let me, let me say this, that whenever God steps in and God brings nourishment to your body, God will get you from point A to point B. Well, you'll need all the nourishment from God. Whenever God feeds you, he's going to feed you well. Can you say amen tonight? God is going to feed you. And restoration happens in the presence of God. When you talk about the restoration and the journey that Elijah took, knowing that he traveled, you read in your word, 40, 40 days and 40 nights. 
to get to not just a casual place, but he made his way to the mountain of God, Horeb, the mountain of God. It was a significant place because you can read also uh, the same place, the same location where Moses makes his way in Exodus 33 to know that here's the presence of God. Here's Elijah once again feeling the stress and the tension and he's going to the place that he knows that he can be restored and refreshed and transformed. It's to the mountain of God that he heads to. That's where restoration happens. And I'm grateful to know tonight that I can't get to the the exact mountain of God. I can't get there physically. But tonight, because of Christ and he abides in me and he abides in you, right where I pitch my tent is the presence of God. So in just a few moments, when you, when you hear the altar call being given, you'll have an opportunity to come and lay all the stress and all of the tension right here at this altar. You'll have the opportunity to be able to turn right where you're seated tonight and say, this is the altar of God, because that's the difference today, is that we no longer have to go to Horeb, but the presence of God is right where we're at to know that there are men and women that are driving in their car right now that in just a few moments if they're listening online will be able to find a parking lot and pull off into that parking lot and turn their car off and say the presence of God is right here in this vehicle now come down and minister to me and come down and feed me and you'll have the opportunity in just a few moments to enter into the presence of God and say God I'm done I'm tired take it away from me The presence of God. Elijah says this, and the word of the the Lord came to him. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? I believe it's in this moment, it's really, it's a question of care and concern. That he's, as he's entering the presence of God, Kelly does this a lot better than I do as, as a parent and a, and a grandparent. To be able to sit down and to hear uh, the calls of our kids when they were younger. To be able to, to, to nurture and to love our grandkids. To where she, if, if there's a boo-boo or something that's happened, she has this uh, just incredible gift to be able... You know what I'm talking about? To where she can just call, call the kids over and say, come, come over here, come come." Come here, come here and tell Nani. Come and tell Nani. Come and tell Nani all about it. And Elijah's made his way into the presence of God. And God is saying, what are you, what are you doing here? And an opportunity to see that there's a great need that his spirit man needs to be fed. A question of care and concern. Where a loving God takes this moment, takes this time and says, come here, Elijah, tell me what's going on. What, 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 what I need to know. How many of you are grateful that we serve a God that has great big shoulders? That we can go in and we can just lay it out and we can be honest and truthful. He already knows what's going on. There's not anything new that we can bring to him. But we have that privilege and joy to be able to go in and say, God, man, this is what's going on. And you may be in that, that exact situation, that, that very scenario tonight to where you're saying, man, God, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what's going on. I need you to hear me. I need to know that you see me. And Elijah, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. 
The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broke down your altars, and put your, your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. I've done everything. I've been the mouthpiece for you. I have, I have gone, I have stretched out over the dead boy and, and spoke life back into him. I have, I have brought correction. I have, I have assembled everything that you've asked me to do and I'm still being rejected. What's up? What's got to give? And some of you feel that same pressure, that same tension to know that to right now, one of my dear friends is, is setting, uh, setting in a rehab center right now for alcoholics. And believing that I, I've had enough, God, I, I need a way out. And I'm sending encouraging words and phone calls to him and saying, man, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Don't carry that anymore. There is freedom in Jesus. You can take it to the Lord. The, the Lord knows exactly what you're carrying. And knowing that the alcoholism is, is impacting uh, the marriage as well and feeling that, in de- I'm talking about decades. Decades of feeling the stress. Saying enough is enough. God, do you see me? Do you hear me? And Elijah's having that moment, enough it's enough. I'm doing everything that you've called me to do. Restoration. Here's what I can tell you. Restoration. And I love this. Look for a fresh word of the Lord. Look for a fresh word from the Lord. And it says that the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord It's about to pass by. Same situation. Moses, get ready. Because the Lord is about to pass by. Elijah, get ready. The Lord is about to pass by. Elijah, Elijah, Moses, Moses. Your fresh word, I can tell you tonight, has your name on it. It's just John, John. Get ready, because the presence of the Lord is about to pass by. The same God that we read about in the Old Testament is alive and well today. And His Spirit is felt here among us tonight. His Spirit is felt throughout Lakeland. I know that we live in an unsettled society, but God never changes. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And His Spirit is about to pass by. Elijah had seen, you can read in your Bible, you can see where it says that the, the, the wind came, and, but yet God was not in it. That the earthquake came, but God was not in it. That the fire came, but God was not in it. And then it says that there was a gentle whisper. Knowing that Elijah, who had ran when he made his way to Mount, uh, the mountain of God, Horeb, The first thing that he did, he ran into the cave. But then God is calling him out and saying, Man, come out of that darkness and step out onto the mountain because I'm about to pass by. And that whenever, whenever the sweet spirit of God came by, it says that Elijah stepped out and he took his mantle, his cloth, realizing that this was a fresh word that was about to come. 
into his life. I can tell you that there are mile marker moments that we can all look to and that can drive us, that can drive us forward in our faith and say, God, I remember when. Last Sunday's message, it, it was a great message, but it was last Sunday's message. Yesterday's devotion was a great devotion, but it was yesterday's devotion. I'm talking about a fresh word for today. I'm talking about a fresh word for this moment, that in this very moment, that God has a new word for you, that God has your name on that word, and, and that you're standing there in the presence of God, just as Elijah did. Don't always look for the dramatic, that God can move even when the gentle winds of life begin to blow. If you continue to read in the passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to put it on the screen tonight, but there's a repeat question. There's a repeat question and a repeat answer that takes place. And again, it says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And the same answer, he says, I've been zealous for you. Your people, I'm paraphrasing, your people have turned from you. Your, your people have rejected you. It's a repeat question, a repeat answer. You can read just a, a verse or two before that and see the same thing, and it's repeated here. I believe that it's the question of concern becomes, be, really becomes, a question of care and concern becomes a, a question of challenge, a question of action to say, okay, I, I've heard you the first time, and, and I've told you, I've shown myself in a mighty way, in a, in a very silent and calm way. But why, why are you still here? Have you ever had someone come over to your house and, and you guys have said your goodbyes, or at least you thought you've said your goodbyes, and you kind of make your way to the other part of the house, uh, and then you make your way, some of you are laughing, you know what I'm talking about, you come back to the room and you walk in and you go, what are you doing here? What are you, why are you still here? And I believe it's that encounter where God is saying, man, Man, I was, I was with you and I saw you when you stretched yourself out over the child. You, you've seen the earthquake and the fire, and I was with you when you called the fire down. You've stepped out, and I've shown myself again. Now, why, why are you still here? Listen, the restoration, I've, I've fed you, I've poured into you, but tell me, Elijah, why are you still here? See, in the restoration projects, there's always kind of the beginning, the proposal of what's going to happen, what's going to take place, and, and you talk through the, the numbers of what it's going to take to put a fresh look on the Bible. But at some point... I'm expecting that Bible to come back to know that the job was completed. You know, at some point, Elijah's got to get, get back in, into the game. At some point, he's got his rest. He's been restored. He's been fed. And he says, I've still got work for you to do. 
Matter of fact, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. Go. Go. When Grant was home with my grandson, Judah, Grant's in the army. He's an assistant to the chaplain, but he still went to uh, airborne school. And so uh, Fort Benning, I believe, is where it's at. And uh, so he, he's walking me through the whole process of what that experience was like to, to jump out of a, um, I still struggle with this, a perfectly good airplane he, he's jumping out of. I'm a white knuckler. I don't know about you, but riding, getting on a plane, I, I can find a lot of other things that I want to do on that day other than get on a plane. But he's, he's walking me through, and kudos to him and anyone else that serves our nation. Thank you for all that you do, including being able to get on a plane and then say, I want to jump out of the plane. Amen? And he's, he's walking me through the whole process, and he said, Dad, we're, we're there, and, uh, and there's a, a light that turns, turns green. You, you're, you're, you got your cord, and, but the light turns green, and... and uh, and uh, so they, they said, that, hey, who wants to be the first one to jump out of the plane? And I volunteered. I said, I'll be the first one, first one to go. And I was like, hmm. And he said that, that whenever you get there, you get the green light. He said, then there's someone that's, that's standing there that's not going to be jumping uh, that then says, go. He said, not only do they give you the green light, they say, go. But then, Dad, they, they kind of just give you a little slap on the rear end and kind of help kind of when they're slapping you just kind of it's almost as if they're pushing you dad I said they probably were son he said you got the green light and then they say go and slap you and so we played that game he's Grant Grant takes everything that or, or most everything that he's learning in the military and then he likes to come home and give just a kind of a watered-down version to my grandson. And my grandson is all in. My, my grandson is my son's little shadow. And so we're standing there. I'm actually in the pool. Judah has no fear. Judah is just all in, loves the pool, loves the water. And so they have rehearsed this, and I'm watching it. And little Judas, he gets up and he's got his floaties on. And, uh, and Grant's playing this whole scene out as if he's, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 feet up in the air. And Judas just got this huge smile on his face and he's smiling. And green light, green light, green light. And Judas, he's smiling. And then Grant just smacks him on the tush. He says, go. And next thing I know, Judah with no reservation, just jumps in and face plants on the water and comes up smiling from ear to ear. And you know what he said? Again, Papa. Again, Papa. And we did this over and over and over. Green light, go. Green light, go. Green light, go. And that's what I thought of as I'm preparing for the message tonight that there came that moment for Elijah 
where God said, man, I see you. I know what's going on, but I've still got a work for you to do. Restoration, this season is coming to an end. The restoration project is over. Elijah, I need you to get up. Come on, green light. Come on. And by the power of his spirit, just kind of go, Elijah. And that's where we're at tonight. Where God, some, some of you, depending on where you're at in the restoration project, some of you are entering into that season right now, and some of you have been lingering and holding on. But God is saying right now, green light, green light, I've still got a great work for you. I know that you feel depleted. I know that you've been told that you're less than, but you've got to understand who's in your corner. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if I say green light, and if I say go, know that I'm going before you, I'm going behind you, and I'm on all sides of you. Now let's go get the work of the Lord done. Amen? In Psalm 73, when we talk about getting our energy back, and it's on the screen, and going to the storehouse, and knowing that God's the one that revives us and is able to rekindle the fires and to keep us going, Psalm 73, verse 26 it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. How many of you believe that tonight? Will you stand with me tonight as we conclude the service? And wherever you're at, uh, I sing praises to your name. If we can get that going, guys, I sing praises to your name. Here's what's going to happen tonight. The team's going to come. They're going to lead us through just a great song. And if you believe that, man, I need, to, I need to get in that altar tonight. I need a little nourishment. I need a little encouragement. As our team gets ready to play and to sing, I want you to begin to move and, and to find your way into this altar. Some of you may be watching online or, or even in the house tonight. And you said, you know what? I've yet to make that decision. I actually, I actually came with someone. I'm not even sure why I'm at church. But I'm ready to make the first decision, the most important decision, and that to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that prayer is very simple. Father, forgive me. Wash my sins away. Make me whole. Cleanse me. Make me a new creature in you. And if that's your prayer, I can tell you that you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So as the team sings right now, just begin to move right now. We're not going to wait here long. We've got just a few minutes. Begin to make your way into the altar and make your way into the presence of God. Amen.